you know. And uh, so, you know, coming into my 40th decade, I'm really excited about that. No, it's, I turned 61, so praise God. Amen. Strong. feel like I'm a young man. Hallelujah. So, um, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I, um, I, I want to say thank you to those yesterday that came out to Gilpin Court. And, uh, many of you, I saw many of you there yesterday morning. And, uh, as we <clears throat> just, um, joined Spirit and Truth Dwelling Place, uh, partnered with them to, uh, just distribute clothing, gifts, things to the uh, people there. It was a great day. I want to thank Artem for heading this up for us, for our church. Thank you, buddy. Did a great job. And, uh, but there were many others that were out there. So just thank you to all of those that came out. And uh, you made uh, made it a very special day for some people. So uh, you shared the love of Jesus. So thank you so much. Praise God. All right. I knew this morning in worship that it was a, uh, really was a prophetic moment. You begin to sense that. You feel that. And uh, it's so funny because we had one after another after another came. Came up and said, I have a prophetic word. No, I have a prophetic word. No, I have a prophetic word. So, uh, so, you know, when it happens like that, you just, you gotta make room for it. You gotta make it happen. Cause God's speaking. God's, there's something He's wanting to share. And I really believe this morning this message is prophetic in nature also. Cause it really talks about a prophetic word that was uttered in the Old Testament that echoed through history, echoed through generations, Hundreds of years, thousands of years, and still echoes today. And, uh, and then as we come into a, the season of Christmas, it is something that needs to be reminded. We need to be reminded of again and again and again. So, um, so we'll be, we'll be sharing about that this morning. Um, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter one. I want to share, I don't have this on the, uh, on the PowerPoint, but share Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 24. You know, you're probably aware that the um, <clears throat> Christmas story is told twice in the Gospels, one in the book of Matthew and one in the book of Luke. In the book of Luke, it begins as the, as we know as the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and shares with Mary about what is about to happen. The book of Matthew, it's the same angel, but he comes to Joseph and shares with Joseph. He had already been with Mary because at that time, Joseph knows that she is pregnant. She is with child. And so he comes in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, and this is what Matthew, Matthew records. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. As after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make a public, make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take 
take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be the child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being roused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. The last number of months we have been doing a series based out of the book of John when Jesus addresses his disciples and he asks them, who do you say that I am? And so for the past several weeks, six or seven weeks now, we've been sharing on that, sharing what the word of God says, of looking at the various things that the Word of God says about Jesus and who He is. In fact, in the, in the Bible, there are 256 names that are given to Christ which describes who He is, His nature, His attributes. That's a lot, 256. You know, I'm known by Doug, Douglas, or Dougie. Okay, and that's about it, three. Okay, uh, huh? P. Doug. PD, <laughs> I could keep going on, couldn't I? But Jesus, 256 names, that's amazing. And here in the, in the book of Matthew, as the angel speaks to Joseph and Matthew records, he, he, he records down another name. And he records down the name of Emmanuel. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, I'm just going to read this again. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord. So this had been spoken before. It said it might be fulfilled. So there was something that God spoke hundreds and hundreds of years before about this moment, about that time, about this child. And he speaks this and says that this was done that it might be fulfilled. He's saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. We could just take that one thought this morning and uh, that would be that would be all that we need to know. That God is with us. We gather together every Sunday, and I am astounded from Sunday to Sunday of hearing testimonies, of hearing stories, words of people sharing with me and with our staff what God had done that week because He was with them. It is a a prophetic word that echoes hundreds of years before our lives through our lives, through our sons and daughters and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, is this promise by the Father that He is with us. To come into this Christmas season, it's appropriate that we take a few moments this morning and speak about this promise, this child born to a virgin named 
Emmanuel. John chapter 1, verse 14, John looks at it in a similar way, but a little bit different. And he describes this person, Jesus, describes him as the Word. And he says, this Word became flesh. And he said, not only did this Word became like us and became that he could identify with us, but he says, and he dwelt among us. In the Amplified Version, it says that he tabernacled with us. You think of a tabernacle, you think of something that is significant, something that is of a significant dwelling place. I love in the Message Bible, it says that he has moved into our neighborhood. This with us, it says that he became, this word became flesh, and he moved into our neighborhood. I like that. I like that. Because he is with us. We can, uh, we all have amazing stories. We all have amazing things that we can share today. Of just saying, let me share with you how he reminded me that he was with me. Doesn't have to be during the difficult times. It happens many times during those times that are difficult, trying, testing in our lives. But in many times when everything is going well, in the ordinary times, that he reminds us, he speaks to us that I'm with you, I'm here. And what strength and what reassurement it brings to all of us. That we don't walk alone, we never walk alone. That he is tabernacled with us. It's interesting why Matthew would use this name, Emmanuel. And, uh, and I want us to, to go back and look just a little bit uh, in the Old Testament because it's used only two times in the Old Testament. And it's within two chapters of the book of Isaiah that this term Emmanuel is used. They were in a situation, in, as you open up the, the book of Isaiah to chapter 7, you find a situation in the nation of Judah where, once again, they were under, um, under fear, under distress of being, yet once again, seems to be that a greater army was coming against them to destroy them. Most of you know, after the reign of Solomon and his son, that the nation of Israel split into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom, which they remained to be called Israel, and the southern kingdom, which was called Judah. And it existed that way on. Most of the kings that, that uh, were comprised of the northern kingdom over many, many years were all evil. And, uh, and, in, in the nation of Judah, there were some evil, but also some very righteous kings that were in that place. But here we find where the nation of Israel has combined their forces with the nation of Syria, and they are coming against this smaller kingdom called Judah to, to wipe them out. And during that time, there was a king of Judah named Ahaz, and he was not a good king. And, and so he knew that destruction was upon them. He felt, why should I go to God? 
because I have no place in God. And so, but yet in the midst of all that, God sends the prophet Isaiah into Ahaz's presence. And he comes to Ahaz and he says that in spite of what you see, in spite of the fear that you have right now, and you may be thinking, where is God? How many other times that we have been so reassured of God's presence, so reassured that he is Emmanuel, that he is with us, but we come into times and moments that are trying or difficult, fearful, and what are the first words that come out of our mouth many times? God, where are you? And in this situation, in this moment, Ahaz, in a very similar place, that God, where are you? And Isaiah comes to Ahaz in chapter 7 there of Isaiah, and it says, not because that you have responded to God or you have turned to God, but because of his own sake and his faithfulness to his people, that he will not allow destruction to come upon you. And he brings this prophetic word, and he says, and, and a sign of this word is that a virgin will be with child, and they will call him Emmanuel. Basically, exactly what Matthew records here, you'll find again in chapter 17, verse 14, or Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. And so God gives this prophetic sign of a picture that no matter because this people was God's people, that he would always be with them, always. As he goes into chapter 8, Isaiah continues and speaks. He says, even though God will come this time and rescue, there will be a time, a moment in the history of Judah because they have turned away from God that the Assyrians will come and take them and bring them into captivity. But yes, again, in two times, in verse 8 and verse 10 of chapter 8, he reassures the people, he reassures the king that the sign of Emmanuel is God's promise. That God is with them. So as Matthew records this down, He wanted everyone to know that Jesus was the fulfillment of this promise to always be with his people. He wanted to proclaim, wanted to write, wanted to, and thank God he did because in the scripture we take this and it's been for centuries and thousands of years has this thought, this idea, this promise, this, that Christ as Emmanuel has come and he was the fulfillment of that which was spoken many, many years before by the mouth of the prophet Isaiah, that no matter where you find yourself, God says, I am with you. You know, the interesting thing about it is as you read through Scripture and you read through the times where we as a human race, we have turned our backs on God. We have pursued other things. What, what's amazing is God has never, never moved from his position that I am pursuing after you and now I am with you. Whether it was in the life of Moses, when Moses says, who am I? I can't speak. I can't do this. I can't, I can't be the deliverer that you need me to be. And God tells him, reassures him, it's okay because I'm with you. I think about Joshua after the death of Moses and the 
the weight of responsibility that had to be upon this young man. That now he finds himself as the leader of this great nation. And, he's, and, and I'm sure he com- begins to compare himself to Moses and what, that I'm not Moses. I can never be Moses. I can never rise up and achieve to the place that this man that, that God called him that, that was his friend. Joshua looks at him and says, how can I ever be that? And God comes to him and he says, Joshua, as I have always been with Moses, I will also be with you. Throughout history, throughout the times of the reading the Word of God, again and again and again, God says, if you would return to me, I will rescue you because I am always with you. Even with his disciples, as he is leaving this earth and he is returning to heaven, and, and I'm sure that the, 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 the fear that was probably captured in the hearts of those men that day as Jesus gives them the, the great commission to go into all the world and to preach the gospel, making disciples. And, he's, and he leaves them with this one thought. And know this, that I will always be with you. And he was, and he is, and he continues today. Because of this Christmas message. Many years ago, when the angel comes to Joseph and says, Joseph, I understand what you're feeling, but I want to reassure you that there is coming a child from Mary that will be the fulfillment of the sign spoken by Isaiah that I'm with you. I will always be with you. Today we know that this person of Emmanuel, God with us, is with us now through the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, verse 16, says this. Jesus is revealing to his disciples that his time on earth is coming to a close. And he says, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper I love in the Amplified, it takes this word helper and he kind of expands the meaning of this word helper into the word comforter, counselor, intercessor. You know, wonderful. Jesus is praying for us. The Holy Spirit is praying for us. Advocate, strengthener, standby. All of these things are within this person called helper, the Holy Spirit. And he gives them once again the same, same word, same reminder that he might abide with you forever. So today, we are, re- we are reassured, no matter what we face in life, I think it is. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for watching out for me, my friend. You got my back. Or you got my mouth. I don't know. (laughs) So where was I, Ben? Somewhere in that verse there, right? Okay. (laughs) Everybody say forever. Amen.
It's a great message, isn't it? Forever. <laughs> but God, what, 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 when, when Ben interrupts you, what, what then? No, forever. <laughs> but God, what if when I, I have no money in the bank, God says, I'm with you forever. What if when my body is racked with pain and, 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 and are you still there forever? Every answer to your every problem, every moment of life is what? Forever. I am with you forever. You know, the wonderful thing about it is that we know that. And we should carry that with us wherever we go. Wherever we are in life, whatever we do in life, we carry the message that God is with us. Not everybody knows that message, do they? We all run into people every day that they are weighed down with problems. They are weighed down with hopelessness. They are weighed down by their own mistakes and their own failures. And we have one of the greatest messages in the world, the gospel, that God is with us. God is with us. Remember when my children were small? Joshua especially. Joshua never liked loud noises. <laughs> I don't know why he became a rock musician, but he never, he never liked loud noises. I, I still can't figure that one out, but apparently he got over it somehow, you know. But anything that was loud, and storms were the worst, that he was so afraid. And uh, I remember when he was little, and he would always, he, this, this was every night, this is what he would we would hear in, in the middle, of, as Cindy and I were getting ready to go to bed, Joshua, we would hear his little voice saying, now he, he called, he couldn't call, he could not pronounce Cindy and Doug, so he would stand up in his crib and he was, and he would scream out, Nindy and Dud. And so I became Dud to my boy. And, uh, but the, but the, what he, he would ask every time would be, don't go to sleep before I go to sleep. Every night. Go, don't go to sleep before I go to sleep. He just wanted to know that we were there. Many times that we, we had a companion in our bed. Nights where there were storms and lightning, especially living in the south, we had some pretty amazing thunder showers and lightning and thunder and, and, uh, we would hear uh, we would hear little steps running down the hallway and coming and jumping up in our bed. And for the rest of the night, we would uh, enjoy the third person in our bed, you know. And, of course, they never sleep in the same direction that you do, do they? Never. They're always in many different directions. You know, feet in your face and everything else. But he knew that if he could be with mom and dad that everything was going to be okay. We know that God is with us. Everything is okay. Everything is okay. When I think about as coming into Christmas, I am reminded that there were many years that I did not know His presence. 
many years did not enjoy his presence and praise his presence. I want to tell you what a difference it made in that first Christmas, the age of 18, actually 19 at that time, that my very first Christmas of knowing he was with me. He was with me. He would be forever with me. Now I want to share before we have communion here very quickly. Just want to give us four situations. You know, we know that God is always with us. Sometimes we pray like He's not. You know, we, we pray, you know, God come come and be with us. Well, He already is. You know, and, and, and I don't I know probably we don't mean that. We just we don't think about what we say. You know, and and, and uh we we think that somehow God is detached and He 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 just kind of travels around a lot. <laughs> you know. And we have to remind him to come back and be with us. But he's always with us. He's always. But I believe that there are certain moments and certain times of life where seemingly that that his presence, his anointing, is evermore. You know, he tells us that when we gather together in his name, when we, we praise him in his name, that he is there in our midst. This morning, once again, was there any doubt that God was with us. There's no doubt that God was with us this morning. I want to share with you four situations of life that we all face, that we know that His presence, His anointing is with us. Of course, it's during times of difficulty and times of trial. Psalm 9, verse 9 through 10 says this, The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble, And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. How wonderful that is. Then in times when we feel pressed with life, we feel under the pressure of difficulties and things of life, that is that pressure that reveals what's going on on the inside of us. As many times... That what is revealed is our weakness. Right? What is revealed is those things that we go, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Or I shouldn't have done that or expressed that or whatever. But our weakness is shown many times. So I, I, I think about it in this way that we sometimes are, are embarrassed or we are filled with shame because of our weakness. But our weakness is the very thing that draws God near to us. It's the very thing that draws God near to us. When we understand and we express and we verbalize that, God, I am weak. That it's in that that God says, I'm with you. I love the passage out of the book of Joel, verse 3, chapter 3, verse 10. He says, let the weak say, I am strong. How many have heard this before? Many of us in here, let the weak say I'm strong. For many years, I, I, I would read that and I would think, well, okay, here's Joel speaking. I am weak, but I am strong. I'm strong. But that's not what he's saying. He's not saying let the weak himself or us say, no, I'm strong, that you muster up this something inside that I'm strong. 
Because I have learned that God is not moved by our weakness and He is not impressed by our strength. Neither of those things moves the heart of God at all. But what God is saying as He's speaking to Joel, He says, let those who are weak say they're weak, but say that I am strong. So what we are saying in this, we're acknowledging, God, I may be weak, but God, I know you are strong. So in those times of weaknesses, in times of stress, and in times of difficulties and things like that, where it seems like that all the junk inside of us and all of our weaknesses being squeezed out of us in that moment, God is saying, I want you to know that I am drawn to you, I am with you, that you might acknowledge that I am strong in your behalf. I tell you, that makes all the difference in the world. Instead of thinking, okay, I've got to somehow brace up, somehow gather my strength, somehow manufacture my strength so I can say that I'm strong. But that's not what Joel is saying at all. He's saying that it recognizes his weakness, but that God is strong. Paul echoes this in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He says, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. What God is saying is the grace of my strength shows itself most effective in your weakness. I am not I'm not agitated. That's good. I'm not agitated. I'm not put off by your weakness. I don't separate myself because I see you and you're a weak person. But God says that when I see your weakness, I'm drawn to you because I know my strength is most effective in your times of weakness. So God draws to us during those difficult times and trials of life where we feel weak. God is with us. He's drawn toward us. We feel like everyone around us is gone. We feel like that we're all alone. How many of you ever felt that? Some of us may be feeling that right now. Christmas time can be a trying time sometimes for those that may be family that you've lost or family that you're not going to be with during Christmas time. And we have all sorts of different emotions that, that come up into our into our lives and our heart. And my wife Cindy couldn't be with us today because she's down in South Carolina picking up her mom to bring her up here with us for Christmas. About four or five years ago, her father passed away. And, and for, for Joe, Joe Frieda, uh, for Joe Frieda, this time of the year can be difficult because she still thinks about her husband, still thinks about that he's not there. And so we bring her up here with us and we spend weeks together that we can remind her that she has family and that we love her and that she is with us. And so we have all of that. So I think it's those times that, that we, we need comfort, those times that we are mourning, those times that we are down, that God reminds us and it draws his presence, his anointing to us even more. I love out of Matthew chapter 5 of the of the Beatitudes, he says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. That God's heart 
for anyone that is in this room today that that you you are feeling these things, God says, I'm with you. God says, I'm drawn toward you. I'm drawn toward the, the, the emotional things that you're feeling right now. I love this passage in John 14, verse 18, speaking of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says that I am leaving, but I don't be discouraged because I'm sending someone that's going to be with you even more, even better. And it says in, in the amplified version of John 14:18, I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, desolate, bereaved, forlorn, helpless. I will come to you. What a great promise. Especially if that's what is describing your life. Tremendous promise that the Holy Spirit says, I am with you. I believe it's just during ordinary times of life. Not that our life has ended up in the ditch. But it's just during ordinary times of life. We're working. We're being a mom. We're being a dad. We're going to a store. We're shopping. We're doing many things of life. And some of you are thinking, oh, yeah, shopping. I, <laughs> I still need to, to do some shopping. Thank God for my wife or my children would be no gifts on Sunday morning. Bless their hearts. You know, so I'm grateful for my wife. But during this ordinary times of life, God comes and reminds us, I'm here. I'm with you. One last thing that I believe is a situation in our life where it seems that the God's anointing, His presence is ever greater is during the times that we have failed. Times that we have failed to be with Him and we have fallen short of His glory. Times in our maybe darkest seasons of our life. Times of sin. You know, for many years I thought that, of course we know that our sin does separate us from God. But I thought that that God didn't want to be around me. And that's so much not the truth I have found. But it's been in my darkest moments and my greatest failures, my greatest blunders, have I felt the comforting of His words and His presence and His forgiveness and His kindness and His mercy. But during our times that we feel like we have, we're the biggest failure on this earth, that God comes and is anointing and in His presence. And He says, I'm here. I'm not going to reject you. I'm here. I'm with you. I'm with you. I love Romans chapter 5. Reminds us where when sin has abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace reigned through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Does it matter how... Dark is your darkness. Doesn't matter how great is your failure. Doesn't matter how horrible is your sin. God says, My grace abounds over it all. Isn't that wonderful? That even in our darkest moments, in our moments that we want to just hide from everything, hide from everyone that knows us, and we are full of shame and guilt. In condemnation, 
that we feel His presence. (laughs) Holy God. But even in those moments, we feel His cords of loving kindness that comes to draw us closer to Himself. To remind us that forgiveness has been provided for each and every one of us that call upon the name of the Lord. So in times of difficulty, in times of loneliness, in times of normal times of life, and in times in our darkest moments, He is Emmanuel for you and I. He is Emmanuel. Let's pray. If I pray, Peter, can we go ahead and bring the communion in? We want to share communion today. If there's a, I don't know of a greater sign, a greater reality that God is with us than the reminder of communion. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning. Thank you, Father, that you remind us today during this Christmas season, a season that can be busy and active and a bit stressful. Sometimes as a season it can be a lonely time. Sometimes as a season we find ourselves a bit discouraged. Maybe a season we realize that we're in deep need of you. Father, it's in these seasons, Lord God, that you remind us that you are Emmanuel. That word Emmanuel rings through history. It rings in this day. It's like a bell that is being rung again and again and again for all to hear. That God says, I am Emmanuel. I am with you. So, Father, we thank you this morning that we would remind ourselves and we would know, God, even today, that, Father, that you want to draw so close to each and every one of us. And we pray, God, if there's any this morning that feels a bit of a distance, a separation from you, God, that it doesn't need to be that way. And, God, I ask you and I thank you, Father, that you would come and you would bring a gentle reminder And that your love would flood their hearts and your love would flood their realization today that you have never left and you will never forsake. You're always there. You're with us, God. Thank you, Father. As we end this morning, I would like for us to take a few minutes and have communion together. Jesus said, for us to continue to do this until he comes. The echo, once again, that he is with us. Because of the breaking of his body and the shedding of his blood, that he is with us. So what i like to do is I, for us all to stand, if we would. I pray this morning that this communion is a celebration of Emmanuel today. It's a celebration of that He is with us. What I'd like for you to do, what we usually do is that we just make two lines. We ask you to come up front here and take a piece of bread, take a, a, the cup, and return back to your seat if you would. And uh, wait until we all be able to take this together. So go ahead, Ben, if you'd start us out. Come on up.